Cincinnati. Welcome to episode 207 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. My name is Paul Hirons. Welcome along. We are in the midst of a free agency storm, or is it a light breeze? I don't know. Plenty of stuff uh, has happened over the past uh, 24 hours or so. Uh, someone argued that doing a podcast in the middle of all this is frankly ridiculous because things are changing uh, every... Well, I don't know, every 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 second it seems, um, but we'll keep you up to date. Uh, obviously, the caveat here is that, as I said, things are changing uh, minute by minute and um, uh, and we must be wary that, uh, or you must be wary, and we must be, we must all be wary that whatever we say in this podcast might be out of date uh, when you listen to it. It probably will be. Um, Nathan Palmer, are you enjoying free agency so far? Oh, I, I sit here the other week, my son, and I apologise for all the listeners that I've got a bit of a cough at the moment. You might hear it in my voice. I sound about 15 years older than I normally sound. But Sound like me. <laughs> don't, you can't make me laugh either, because if I laugh, I cough, and then I cough. No danger of that, then. It'd be, <laughs> it'd be terrible audio for the, um, for the listeners. But... I love free agency. I said it to you before. I find it quite a fascinating time of the year. It's everyone in the um, where they watch English football. They love the old transfer windows and who's buying who and what's going on. And this is the closest thing to that in the NFL. And it is is a spicy affair. And rather than draw it out over a month twice a year, it's basically drawn out over you know two three days intensively and then rather more loosely over a couple of weeks. So. I love it. I know, like you said, and I, you know, I thought your approach to it all was very well said when you said it's, it is a bit more of a light breeze than a storm at the moment, certainly for the Bengals. But you know, who knows? Who knows? As I say, we're recording this on Tuesday, and um, nothing has happened yet uh, today. Plenty happened yesterday, but nothing has happened today. I am. I've got Twitter on in the background, and uh, I have got a breaking news sound. Are you ready for it, Nathan? I love it. Oh 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 oh. What do you reckon? Sexy, sexy breaking news sounds. <laughs> Slightly creepy, but. <laughs> <laughs> You can't really laugh, rather coughing. Well, I had a. It was either an elephant kind of. I don't know what elephants do. An elephant kind of noise, um, 
all that so i went with that so um whenever there's some breaking news um the scary creepy lady will come back with with her <laughs> atmospheric oh 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 uh, right, as I say, nothing has happened today, but plenty... Oh, we should also mention we've got a guest. We've got a really, really good guest. And his name is Alex Kapper, starting guard, right guard of the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. He'll be coming up a little bit later. He'll be talking a bit about his own free agency experiences, a bit about the offensive line, quite naturally, a bit about his... Um, a bit about Joe Burrow. And a bit about uh, his reaction to, uh, well, we'll kickstart it. He's going to give his reaction to uh, retaining Jermaine Pratt and losing Von Bell and uh, Jesse Bates. And that's where we will start. So, exactly as I said, Nathan, we retained Jermaine Pratt. That was the first news out of the blocks. And then, as ever with free agency, the Lord giveth. And the Lord taketh away. And didn't he just bloody taketh away? He tooketh away. <laughs> I'm going to just speak in old English from now on. Um, he tooketh away uh, Jesse Bates, as expected. Um, and then Von Bell. So, um, yeah, bit of a crazy one. That um, I should also mention that we, we re-signed Uncle Mike Thomas, uh, the safety which is good because we might have to wheel him out there at some stage this year, the way the safety position is going. Um, Jalen Davis, the backup slot corner, and Joe Batchy, the backup linebacker, the the uh, fantastic special teams player. So back end of the roster re-signings, you know, just easing into things, so some nice re-signings there. But, yeah, the big news was yesterday, really. Pratt, Bell, Bates, Nathan. Interesting, wasn't it? I mean, my bold prediction was that we'd lose all three of them, and that that wasn't through me thinking the Bengals would necessarily wouldn't bother, or I, I just felt that they're all they'd all be highly coveted guys in terms of what they offered. You know, Jesse Bates had been the Falcons were all over him. He's one of the best safeties in the league. The Bengals, you kind of felt he was going to be at the bottom of their priority list in terms of where the money was going to go. I don't think anyone seriously felt like he was coming back. Jermaine Pratt was one of those guys I, I didn't think he would come back you you felt like there'd be someone around the league that pay him a lot of money the Bengals perhaps you know didn't value him not they didn't value him but that perhaps you know there'd be someone out there that would value him more and that would be the one and everyone everyone unanimously the beat writers the fans everyone out there was just felt like it was a done deal that Von Bell was coming back to Cincinnati, and I last year, last week I said, if you're Von Bell's agent, you utilize that, you leverage it, and he's a very good young safety. That he's not just, you know, he might be under the radar in terms of he's not a massive pro bowler. He's not necessarily a household name for teams of other fa um, for fans of other teams, but he's a very good player. And when you've got a guy like that, you know, scouts and GMs and people around the league, they look at that and they say, look. We can have this guy. We pay him a bit more than the Bengals want to pay him. We'll take him. They're a bit desperate. You know, let's let's see what we can do. And it's a real shame to lose Von Bell because he's been such a great leader. He's been a great player on the field. He's provided us with some incredible moments over the last couple of years. That Juju Smith-Schuster one being, you know, probably the pinnacle of that. But just a, and that interception against Kansas City in the 
you know, the AFC title game the year before, it just just incredible and gutting to lose him because now you've got to you've got to fill that void with someone. Um, but you have to give them credit for Jermaine Pratt. That's a that's a fantastic um, a fantastic signing. I don't think anyone really perhaps thought he was coming back towards the end. It felt like it was his last game for the Bengals, but he's a fantastic player. He's come along. He had his best year last year. Everything he's saying is fantastic about the loyalty, about wanting to. You know, only be one play away, and to come back and fight stronger next year, and that's that's now a position group you feel extremely confident about going into next year. Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, Akeem Davis, Gaither, Marcus Bailey behind that. That's a really solid, quality group of players that you can now, you know, tip your hat to and say, "Cool, these guys are going to be as good, if not better, with another year's experience under their belt." But you are now vulnerable at safety yeah i i don't think the um the pratt signing happens if they sign von bell i th- i i just get the impression that was it was one or t'other really and i think when the news came out that they'd signed pratt it was great news because i'm a huge fan of pratt and I echo everything that you say he had a fantastic year Last year was really good the year before, arguably up there with the best defensive player last year, you know what I mean? I thought he was great. I just got the impression, maybe I'm completely wrong on this, but I just get the impression that he they wouldn't have re-signed him if they signed Von Bell. But as you know, I was listening to Paul and Jay on here, that podcast grounding today, they really dug deep and identified the type of player that the Bengals kind of like and and the the type of player that they're not willing to pay, and that is someone of Von Bell's age, who's approaching you know what is he twenty eight sort of coming in you know late twenties now, um, they would prefer to get guys you know kind of on their second for their second contract who have been discarded if you like by other teams. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I was surprised by Pratt. I, I think, you know, you read all his tweets and whatnot. He was going a bit Darius Phillips. Um, everyone kind of thought, well, this maybe is... That's, maybe that's the key to an extension is go a bit Darius Phillips. Like, <laughs> you know, get get um, Duke Tobin a bit nervous, you know, a that's bit emotional. Right. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, he was moaning that he wasn't playing all three downs. You know what I mean? Um, everything pointed to him... Uh, leaving and Von Bell kind of make them making an effort. I really did think that they would overpay a little bit. They might break through. But you know what? Never underestimate the stubbornness of the Bengals. If they've got a price um, and a value of a player, they're just not going to break it. And even though the... Um, even though the deal that Von Bell signed in uh, Carolina wasn't like humongous, it was about sevens, I think, I'm not sure about the structure, but um, yeah, I'm surprised the Bengals didn't match that. But I don't know; it's well, a tricky you, one, isn't it? But I, I reckon. I, I I wonder. I wonder if they were only prepared to give him a year's contract to use him as that experienced player as a bridge to someone else, a Tyson Anderson or whatever it might be, to help uh, to help Dax Hill out, you know, and then they'd move on from from him after that but I think perhaps Carolina were willing to give him a bit more security a couple of what is it two two year contracting down in Carolina maybe two or three years so that might have been a deciding factor for Von Bell can't really blame but you're right man 
I know that there's some other decent safeties out there in the free agent market, and I really do think that they they have to go and sign one if they possibly can. Um, but I mean, I agree. There's probably even better uh, safeties out there than Von Bell, but he just meshed so well uh, with the team and what the team's culture uh, was and. You look at the big plays that he made, that fumble recovery against New England when New England were driving the ball. Um, yeah. Intercept, key interceptions at key times. The hit on Choo Choo Smith-Schuster, which I don't think any Bengals fan will forget, he made enormous, enormous game-changing plays at the absolute right moment and and that you can't really put a price on and that you can't really put a pff grade on uh, yeah you know true. it's quite instinctive stuff yep. we're talking about here he knows where the ball is and he knows how to get it and he doesn't muck around either um so yes there are other higher graded safeties out there in the free agency market but in terms of how he fitted into lou's scheme how much lou trusted him Exactly, um, and the plays that he made, he's he is going to be a huge loss, I think, and it, it's going to take a bit of time for that say that for that secondary to gel again. But yeah, saying all I, that, that's the NFL, isn't it? You know, things it, move, players leave, new players come in, and new relationships are established. So it's not all doom and gloom, but it is. It's a sad day because I, I I think you know I really like Von Bell, and we haven't even spoken about Jesse Bates yet. Um, but yeah, I think Von Bell under the radar. He doesn't get the, the headlines like Jesse does, but he is under the radar. And what a fantastic uh, couple of years he's given us! Been an absolutely integral part of, of two, well, one Super Bowl run and then one almost Super Bowl run. Uh, yeah, huge loss, but uh, you know, got to wish him well, I suppose. I mean, and you could do a whole episode on people like Jesse Bates and Von Bell and what they've done for the Bengals over the last couple of years. They've been fantastic servants of the club, but I, you can't panic in this situation. The Bengals notoriously not quick out the blocks in free agency. They're going to look for those guys that haven't been signed in the first couple of days, try and get a bit more value for money, not over, you know, overexert themselves. And, you know, I thought it was a big one from getting Jermaine Pratt back. No one really thought that was going to happen. And if you if you ch- turned it around slightly and said, oh, they've got Von Bell back, which everyone expected, but they hadn't got Jermaine Pratt. He was the one that went for the, um, the Panthers. And then you said Jesse Bates went to the Falcons. I don't think anyone would be too surprised. They'd say, yeah, you know, we're, we're waiting on a couple of deals here, but, you know, nothing crazy's um, happened either. To get one of those playmakers back is big and the Bengals would have sat down there behind the scenes and they would have said look who do we want to get back here what are we willing to pay Lou would have been on those discussions and they've obviously settled on what they think is you know the right situation maybe it speaks to their confidence in Dax Hill on the basis that they were able to let Von Bell go and oh yeah I mean I I think that's that's the succession plan I think everybody knew but that was a succession plan for Jesse I think um, yeah, tr- true. But like on the same basis, it's like, you know, you're letting both of them go. So maybe they maybe they felt mildly confident that, you know, well, actually, we know this guy is going to be, you know, a stud next year. Therefore, we're not going to pay over the odds because we're not that desperate. Maybe they've got a plan to get um, CJ Gardner Johnson from the Eagles. And they really think he could be a good guy, a younger guy to come in and, you know, he could do a good job. But they've got time. Yeah. I mean, it, oh, yeah, it's very early on in the day. Like I, it's it's a shame losing Von Bell. And 
if I'm honest, I, I, you know, I would have liked the Bengals to have signed him because if you get him and Pratt back, you only need a couple of little pieces around the ball then to to finish the free agency job off. They're two big re, key re-signings. Jesse Bates, you know, we know he's a fantastic player, but it's just part of the process. You have to lose a guy like that. You can't just pay an elite roster, you know, pay everyone. So I think you can accept that. But there's a long time to go here. Like I said, I'm almost surprised. When we, we spoke last week, me and you, Sana, after the podcast, and we said, that when's an appropriate time to, to run it next week? I know, and I said, right? But, you know, by Tuesday at sort of eight o'clock at night, you know, the world would have gone mad because you've seen that in previous free agencies where like the whole, you know, quarterbacks have gone, star players are at different places. And weirdly, I think so far it's been one of the quietest free agency periods that I can remember. Um well, there's been a lot of business, isn't there? But, I mean, obviously the Dolphins have traded for Ramsey and signed David Long, which I think is a great... Uh, and actually, you know, you look at David Long's money and the and TJ Edwards, I think, went to Chicago. That linebacker market wasn't huge, so I wonder whether that played into it as well, played into Pratt's re-signing for sevens, you know what I mean? Um, uh, obviously, they've, the Bengals being the Bengals, they've front-loaded the deal... Uh, so there's a get out in year three without too much dead money. So do you know what I mean? They they're doing Bengalsy things still, you know. Yeah. Uh, they're going about it like they always do. They're structuring deals like they always do. Everyone's screaming for offensive linemen. You ain't going to get an offensive lineman uh, for under ten million. I wouldn't have thought. Um, so that might not play into the Bengals' uh, plans and budgets. Who knows? There's rumours that they're looking at a CB. There's rumours that they're being aggressive in, in kind of courting tight ends. Um, but we'll see. You know, there's rumours also that Hayden Hurst ain't going to come back next year. But these, again, you know, everyone's got that, a source. That had, that had surprised me. Like, and it, I'm very surprised that deal hasn't been done yet because that's one that you, you kind of feel like, no matter if you get a tight end in in the draft feels like a strange one because the tight end market in this free agency is not not massive and I, I just tell that to the Giants who've just picked up Darren Waller for uh, not, yeah not but he's not a free agent thing. though is he that's no they trade. traded for him didn't they yeah, that's, that's true but, but that's where like for me it's like you know you look at the the market for tight ends if, you, if Hayden Hurst goes it's and he you're a Hayden Hurst you, you don't get this every player he, he wore his heart on his sleeve and I know that's I know that's an easy thing to say because a lot of players play with a lot of passion, but it felt like he had a fantastic year replacing CJ's armour. And I don't think Hay Nurse is going to be a Pro Bowl tight end, nor do I think he's going to light anything up. But he's a very solid, quality player. For no, I agree. Do. I agree. I thought we had. A and, and, and that for me, like you know, and again, there's a lot of teams that look at that. They'll, they, you know, it's not just us watching the Bengals games. There's going to be scouts from every team 100%, watching those games 100%. saying. Call this guy, you know, he's playing with a bit of fire. He's got good hands. He's good you know, hair. doing a good job. Yeah, good hair. But, you know, he'll have offers out there. And at the end of the day for the Bengals, it's one of those where I know it's a deep um, draft class at tight end, but look at Drew Sample. You know, we drafted him second round and he's barely got on the field in, you know, the time he's been here. So Well, he was injured for most of last year. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised no, it's not, it's if they, they re-signed to him. Actually. It's not. It's not as much as it's a good tight end class. What I'm trying to say is, like, you know, we can't really afford to go into next season with a rookie, just 
as your number one option. I'm not comfortable with that. You no, know, even no. if it's a first round pick, I just well, it's the same you know, as safety, isn't it? You, I wouldn't. I don't think anybody would be comfortable with going into week one with Dax Hill and Tyson Anderson as their starters no, exactly. because Dax Hill. Yes, fair enough. That this was his destiny, if you like. This is what they were planning for. He got meaningful action last year and did pretty well uh, from what I saw. Uh, when he did play. Um, so it wasn't quite a red shirt year for him. Tyson Anderson, who I think, and from what I heard, they rate really highly, very quick, um, didn't see the field at all next last year in his rookie season, injured on IR for a lot of it. So do you know what I mean? It's like I'm. Yeah. they need to sign a... Um, I think that's the priority, personally. I think they absolutely need to sign uh, a veteran safety... Um, um, and you know if that and that means sort of you know, uh, or, you know allocating their their budget to that and perhaps re-signing Drew Sample, uh, and then drafting another guy. I don't know. It's it's a really it's a, that's what it is. It's a jigsaw puzzle, and uh, you have to kind of pivot and be quite agile in these situations um, uh, to react to situations that you perhaps did not expect. Um, they did so last year when CJ left. And they signed Hayden Hurst, as you say. Uh, what they're going to do this year now that uh, Von Bell's left? That that seems to me the big question. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on, isn't there? And uh, well, I say going on, there isn't at the moment. There's been nothing happening today. But you might like going back to Hayden Hurst again. He might want to test the market, and the Bengals will have a fixed price. And if he can get better elsewhere then, you know, that's that, really. But if the market isn't quite there and he wants to say, stay in Cincinnati where obviously he was very happy last year and very happy to have been given a chance and resurrect his career, then who knows? Who knows? I don't know. It's... I, think, I think the Bengals have got an interesting situation in this free agency class because they've never, and I was going to say they've arguably been never, but they have never been this sexy as a destination Um as a free agency club because you've got Joe Burrow you're a legitimate Super Bowl contender you went to the Super Bowl you're in the title game you know this year people are interested in the Bengals they've got some good players and you can see the Bengals players recruiting on Twitter sort of having some you know a bit of banter with some of the other players on there like it will be a destination where mm. if players are sat there you know they're talking to their agent and they're saying look where are we going this year like what what are we thinking like the Bengals will be like if the if, if the Bengals put an offer in, people will look at that and they say, "Cool, I'm playing with Joe Burrow. Wow, like yeah, you know, yeah. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. You know, wow, that's a, that's a really exciting proposition." Whereas, you know, if the Texans, the Cleveland Browns, the the Panthers, teams like that coming in, the Falcons offering you deals, like you know, you're in a rebuilding phase. You know that you might not be there in two three years. You know, it's. It's one of those where you think, cool. Well, that's like, what Jermaine sure Pratt said, didn't he? He said the, yeah. the, the reason that he stayed is because uh, Joe Burrow and Lou Anarumo and the yeah, fact exactly. that they got this close, and I'm doing that with my fingers, this close to to winning it all last for the past two years. So who wouldn't want to try and keep that going? So um, Sure, yeah, yeah. Well, you mentioned I, I think... it. Go on, sorry. No, and I think the, the the last thing I'll say on this is that and we've always criticised historically. I'm going back 15 years here. The Bengals approached a free agency where it's been a little bit sort of take the bargains, you know, let everyone raid the shop for 
what's in there and then take the things that are left over at a good price that maybe actually do the same. It's like buying a pre-owned game as a kid. You know, when you go into the shop and they'd have the same game for about seven or eight quid cheaper and you'd be like, well, it's the same game. Um, and yeah, that's what I used to do anyway. But um, <laughs> it's a bit like that. You know, the Bengals will come a bit late to the party historically and they'll do that. Now, the thing is, I think that approach works fine when you've got an elite quarterback like Joe Burrow, yeah, you can yeah, afford yeah. to shop it. You don't need to go out there and buy these, you know, top of the shelf, incredible free agents to surround yourself with an average quarterback. You know, we haven't got a Jared Goff. We haven't got a Baker Mayfield, who's not average, but you haven't got that kind of Daniel Jones quarterback, you know, Derek Carr, someone who's like, oh, maybe he could do it. Like a Joe, um, a Joe Flacco back in the day where, you know, if you surround him with enough good pieces on every side of the ball, maybe they could win a Super Bowl. We've got that. We've got the elite pieces. We can afford the Bengals free agency approach, I think works very, very well when you're in the position we're in now. And I think if we can just cherry pick a couple of decent you know maybe not you're not going to go and buy their jerseys get you know for day one but a couple of decent free agents decent price get a bit out of them a bit like people like Hayden Hurst from last year that's all we need and I think actually their style works very well in this situation with the elite quarterback perhaps not so much when you've got an Andy Dalton no, I can't disagree with that. Um, before we bring Alex in, shall we just briefly talk about Jesse Bates? I think we all knew it was on the cards. Uh, he'd met with, he was photographed going to dinner with various Falcons players. Uh, he, he became, How's that not tampering? I, well, I mean, I'm sure, you know, people get around it really, do you know what I mean? But And that's the way to do it, just go down Wagamama's with a few of the players. Um, <laughs> you made me cough. Sorry. Um yeah, I mean, so it wasn't a surprise, really. It's a shame because I think he's he is a tremendous player and um, uh, had a really good. I mean, he's been good, hasn't he? Like for his whole five years in Cincinnati, uh, and also spanned two eras. He he was drafted yeah. by Marvin um, and his staff, and then transitioned into Zach's staff. And he's been a star really throughout. Really, just a really good dude. We met him, haven't we? We have met him. Oh, top geezer, yeah. Yeah, lovely chap when he was over in, in London. And uh, Marvin boys are becoming thinner and thinner, aren't they? you got Tyler Boyd. Um, was Jermaine Pratt there with Marvin? Nope, no. Uh, Logan I th- Wilson? Nope, nope. I think... Um, sure? No, Logan Wilson was. No, 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 no. no. He came in the same draft as... Uh, it's T Higgins, so um, that was Zach's first year, oh, I think. Blimey, yeah, yeah. So I think it's just Tyler Boyd from. That's it's, mad, it's, isn't it? Maybe Sam uh, Sam Hubbard, Sam uh, Old Mother, it was a Marvin player originally. Yeah. Uh, let me just think. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. There's an, obviously with Schubert likely retiring. Oh yeah, yeah, true. And yeah, Clark yeah. Harris Clark likely Harris, on yeah, the way yeah. out. That's that's that. So yeah, only. At the moment, only Boyd and Old Mother. So, yeah. You say pretty much, I, I think it's very much likely it's Tyler Boyd's last season with the Bengals. Yeah, um, eight years is a good stretch, in it? Let's face it. Yeah, um, and Old Mother, I think, has got a, long, a bit of a way to go. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but, yeah, you know, um, it's strange, isn't it, saying goodbye to a really good player who, who was just such an integral part of of the team when it was doing badly and now obviously doing very well. So, 
yeah it's going to be tough and um yeah well it's going to be tough with both Bates and Bell you know they really worked so I mean I think arguably the best safety tandem in, in the NFL they just work so well together um and Jesse had another good season last year so yeah I mean such a shame but I guess you know that's the that's the brutality of free agency and the money side of of uh, of uh, the NFL and, and Jesse seemed absolutely hell bent on on uh, getting his payday. Not that he, I mean, um, thing is, what did he get? Sixteen a year, I think. I'm not quite sure about the structure, but certainly a sixteen a year. So he became the fourth highest paid safety in the league, uh, something like that. I mean, when you look at it, there was only four million more than the franchise tag price that he was getting this year. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. But sixteen—that's that's quite a big number for a safety. Um, did he deserve it? I, well, yeah, absolutely. But as I say, I think the Bengals fix their prices. They 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 determine what their value is for each position and perhaps player, and they just don't budge on it. You know. Um, well, what do you what do you say to a fan that and that there's a few people out there for sure that I've seen that say, look, you know, Jesse Bates has been integral to the reason we've been successful. He's one of our best players either side of the ball. You know, you obviously get, you know, the guys on offense get a lot of the plaudits, but ultimately on that defense, he he might be the best player on it. You know, maybe DJ Reader has um, come into that conversation, but why are we letting one of our best players go when it, we're saying it's the biggest? Uh, and I'm not saying this, but I know there's a lot of people out there that are. But why are we letting one of our best players go when this is the biggest season in the Bengals' history to um, try and win a Super Bowl? That's um, a really good question, isn't it? Because you think that they would break the bank to for an unproven rookie as well. Yeah, you exactly. Say, you can't say. I know people are talking about Dax Hill and oh, he was first round pick, but he was he was pick number thirty one in the first round. Yeah, to, no, that's not, fair enough. Yeah, you know, it's different between like being pick number eight or something. But yeah, it, it is a risk, isn't it? Because we we've got no reason to believe that Dax Hill is a quality player or that he's a bad player. But you're asking him to replace, you know, the fourth highest paid safety now in the NFL. So you know, arguably a top five to seven player at least in the nfl well you've got it you've got it you've got a pro you've got a well yeah and uh, exactly but you said it earlier you cannot pay everyone unfortunately exactly exactly and that's yeah. that's that's the that's it that's the argument you cannot pay of course you'd like to keep jesse bates of course me you everyone else out there would love to keep jesse bates in fact however much it costs you'd keep him but the fact is you know i'll say it again joe burrow's coming up t higgins Logan Wilson, DJ Reader next year, Chidabay well, Wuzier. Our contracts, are up. Our, our contracts are up soon as well. Someone's got to pay us. That's right. You know, we. I've hired David Mulligueta. <laughs> He's asking for like no, massive amount. I knew you, you get to him first. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Lamar Jackson. I'm going to be. My You're own going name. to be your own. Okay. And I'm going to get um, nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I demanded some insane guaranteed money, and uh, I know that. Uh, I, I think I think the Bengals UK fans might give it to you, whereas I think I'd be like the I'd be like the uh, the Von Bell like you reckon you'd be, you'd be off to the, like, you'd be off like to... under the radar like oh they should probably resign him and he ends up with the Panthers yeah well uh, Carolina Panthers UK if you're listening get on the phone sounds like Nathan's up for an offer um, yeah I mean 
I mean, again, also, you know, I mean, we were gutted when Carlos Dunlap left. We were gutted when Whitworth yeah. left. We were gutted when... My point is that the wheel turned. Both of those two players that left won a Super Bowl as well. Let that not be forgotten. Yeah, all right. We'll gloss over that bit. But do you know what I mean? When when big players leave, like big fan favourite players leave, you know, Reggie Nelson left, you know, George Iloka. Do you remember the storm when George Iloka left? Um, yeah, true. You know, he, he didn't win a Super Bowl. He did not. But he was what I'm to forget Super Bowls, man. And what I'm trying to say is, the wheel turns. Players come in, players yeah, go. There will be soon another Jesse Bates. It might not be Dax Hill, but it might be someone else. Well, the, the best example is Carl Lawson, isn't it? Like right, for people that right. were really flipping out, and you know, I I, I was ashamed to lose Carl Lawson. And uh, Carl Lawson's a very good player. He just suffered a lot of injuries. But when he left, people went mental and ultimately you're not really felt any worse off for it um yeah and it helps that we signed trey hendrickson really well, exactly um, exactly i mean there's there's talk of carl lawson being let go um from the jets uh he's had a you know a horrible time with uh injuries hasn't he since he left but you know which which kind of made the bengals decision look pretty good actually but yeah my point is players come players go they always have done they always will you know um and it's but you we get so invested it's an emotional thing you get emotional attachments to players for whatever reason you know um uh, why do i love dj reader so much who knows why did i love michael johnson so much who knows do you know what i mean why do you love whoever you love well, actually i'm quite open about my man love for my bengal's boys but you're quite you know you you stay pretty guarded about your personal favorites who are your personal favourites Nathan oh I don't know over the years I've become more and more neutral you know you can't get too attached in this game can you son I know I you just to, get I, her I, I, just Andy get Dalton her was my my big love was it? I loved Andy yeah I loved Andy I had people didn't rate him but I loved him um, yeah I, I don't know like over the years it's kind of I've just become a bit older a bit more impartial yeah. a bit more like yeah. you know the dad on the sidelines just kind of like open <laughs> all the kids Cheering play Bremen. well yeah yeah I always remember, Joe, I always remember, like, my, my, um, this is going to probably annoy a lot of people, but I always got told by my father in law, he said to me, he, he said, Nathan, you can never have a man who's younger than you on the back of your jersey. And I'm 32 now, and the window is almost over for me to. Well, that, I mean, it's mostly over for you, right? I mean, most... oh, I know. Who's, who's over 32 on the Bengals? Maybe Hoover and Harris. Well, they're retiring. Uh, I mean, they're probably going to, they're not going to be yeah. around next year. Who is? I mean, no, I don't think uh, anybody is. Uh, mate, uh, Mike Thomas, Uncle Mike. No, hold on, though. Maybe he's 32. Uh, me... is he the I think he might be 64. <laughs> Let's just give a quick. Um... Well, he might be, actually. Let's have a look. I don't think he's as old as you think, actually. Oh, he is 32. He is 32. Okay, so I, when was he born? Oh, God, I've just closed down that window now. Hold on. <laughs> this is great material for the podcast. This is like... This is absolute podcast gold. I reckon he's born May, which in which case... Are we taking fine. bets on how he was... When was he? No. March 17th. He's older than me. Month older. So I could get an Uncle Mike Thomas jersey and that'd be fine, according to my father-in-law. Houston, um, Houston no. Texans. Yeah, I think he, I think he's I think he is the oldest fella on the Bengals. So yeah, you'll have to get a Mike Thomas t-shirt, won't you? T-shirt, well, yeah, jersey, I'll, whatever. I'll have to, pants. Yeah. I mean, I, pants. You know, I, I'd absolutely have a Joe Burrow jersey. Let's not let's not be serious. But like, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's a funny one. I, 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 over the years, the, the, the roster's changed a lot. You know, like I, I, I've become a little bit more. Yeah, no, I hear you. I Sam hear you. I hear you. Sam Hubbard's unbelievable geezer. I, I don't think you can look much further than him. He, he's an incredible player. You know, yeah, he, yeah. he's someone that you just feel like you go for a pint with him. He works 110% week in, week out. You know, just a really loyal, originally from Cincinnati guy. I'm not sure you can look much outside of him if you were going to say, you know, one of the best players on the team and just a proper high character guy. And, you know, I, I, know I don't want to piss on your parade, son, but like, DJ Reader as well, like he, you know, we, we both had a chat to him and he was one of the most genuinely yeah. funny, nice guys, really, you know, just a great person. And, uh, you know, the way he plays, you, you you can't help but love him as well. Um, and that's the same with Ted Karras as well. You yeah, know, he was great, wasn't he? But you know what, yeah. in all this time of doing it, well, I don't think we've ever spoken to a Bengals player who's been a bit of a knob end. Do you know what no, I mean? No, that's, that's um, so true. And proving, let's segue into something, proving that point yet again is our special guest this week. Cincinnati. And now, as promised, uh, we're joined on Cincinnati by Bengals starting guard, Alex Kappa. Alex, how are you doing? Welcome to the podcast. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Okay, just uh, full disclosure to everyone listening. So this came about because last year, a little bird told me that Alex was in Edinburgh and it just so happened it was the same kind of time that we were having our summer meetup, the Bengals UK summer meetup in Edinburgh. So I extended an invitation to Alex uh, to see if he wanted to pop down for a pint and say hello. Unfortunately, that couldn't happen, but he has agreed um, uh, because obviously he snubbed us last year. Um <laughs> Um, he did agree to come on the podcast. So, Alex, thanks very much. And I must say, or must ask you, how was Edinburgh? It was fantastic. I was only there. It was a quick trip, so I was kind of all around. Um, so I was only in Edinburgh for like one full day, basically. Um, but it was great, man. It's such a beautiful city. It's so cool. So much history. And uh, I would have loved to join you. My question, though, is what little birdie do you have out there keeping eyes on me? There was a couple of people who spotted me out there. I thought I was going to go it on must, the radar for sure. It must have been one of those people. Um, I'm like that dude in Game of Thrones with little birds everywhere. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Someone just messaged me and just kind of said, Someone's, someone just spotted Alex Kappa in, in, in Edinburgh. And I was like, surely not. So I messaged you, and it was true. So there you go. So sometimes little birds can be can be on the money. Now, did you eat any haggis while you were over there? I uh, know I did not. I, I I didn't know that was a thing. I saw. Uh, I learned about the haggis. I learned about them running around and stuff. I didn't know people eat them though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you drink any whiskey? I'm not a big drinker, Paul, so I, I can't say that I did. I, I had a, uh, I had a couple beers here and there, a couple pints, but I'm not a big drinker. Okay, no, that's fair enough. Uh, and did you eat any deep-fried Snickers while you were over there? No. See, these are the things you should have told me when I was there. Basically, I didn't know Scott what I was supposed to be having. There you go. Next time, just hit us up. We can we can give you lots of stereotypical Scottish stuff to do and eat and drink while you're over there. But yeah, they 
The Scots have a reputation for dipping anything in batter and putting it in a deep fat fryer. And that includes chocolate bars, pizzas, things that have already been fried. Um, so, yeah. So next time you're over, uh, we'll we'll let you know. Um, Sounds like my kind of people. Yeah, right. You are. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> the Scots. Uh, not just for the deep fried food, but just generally speaking. Um is that what you do in the off season? Do you like to travel around? I mean, I guess plays a difference. We've just seen a photograph of on TMZ today of Jamar and T on a yacht with lots of uh, young lady friends looking as though they're enjoying the off season. What does Alex Kappa normally like to do? I haven't seen that to be clear, so I don't. I hope they're enjoying themselves, but um, mostly <laughs> I lay low, hang out with the wife. That was the biggest trip I've ever done. I would say. Right, right. So yeah, so we did like a couple days in London, and then we did Edinburgh and kind of like the Highlands, and then we went to Ireland for a couple of days, and that was oh, the first time, other than Canada, that I've really left the states. So um, so did it? Has it? I really, it kind I really of, enjoyed it. So did it whet your appetite to do a bit more traveling, perhaps in future? Yeah, it definitely did, and I, I we would have done more this year, except my wife's pregnant right now. So right, right, right. we've been laying low a little more. Um, but yeah, it was an amazing trip. I really enjoyed it. Okay, let's uh, let's circle back to last season. I need to ask you, how's the ankle first and foremost? It is doing great. Okay, that's good. To, that's good to hear. What a, uh, what an interesting season last season. I mean, as fans, another fantastic adventure um, to follow. Um, but man, you you guys played together for so long, and then suddenly one by one were dropping like flies. And I hate to bring it up, but I'm going to. Um, did you get flashbacks from your time at, at, at uh, Tampa? Because like, oh, you missed the Super Bowl. And then you got an ankle injury again and the Bengals got to the championship game. Were you just kind of laying there thinking, what what the hell? Yeah, as, as soon as I got rolled up my first time, I was like, not again, dude. Like, oh, man. Because that's, that's frustrating, obviously. I'm not a guy who misses a lot of games and obviously I don't want to be missing playoff runs. Mm. Um, so that's why I was working so hard to try to come back. Well, it's just the way it goes. Like you said, we were healthy with five guys for fifteen or sixteen weeks, all the same, and uh, injuries happen. And unfortunately, we got three in a row, which you know, mm. tough. And up until that point, I think it's fair to say you guys took a, a few a few games to to gel together as a good offensive line does. You know, that's I think if you talk to people like Dave Lapham, it's kind of like they say, you know, yeah your five fingers on a hand and you've got to fit into a glove. Maybe he doesn't say that. Maybe I made that rubbish metaphor up. But um, um, but you know what I mean? It's all about gelling and synchronicity on the offensive line. So you must have been really pleased with the progress. And I, I must say, I thought you were playing at a Pro Bowl level, I have to say. I thought you were tremendous last year. Um, but the whole line seemed to be sinking nicely and just getting better and better, really. Yeah, I mean, that's the goal I appreciate, first of all. And, and that's the goal. We felt like we were getting to a pretty good spot. And we're always trying to get better. So we're still trying to trend in that direction. Um, and we're going to come back and we're going to keep doing the same thing. Mm. Um, can I rewind even further? Obviously, we're in the land of – or in the moment of free agency. You went through this this time last year, I guess. Uh, what was your approach to it? Were you kind of – 
it was the first time you've ever done that, I believe. So mm-hmm. what was your approach to it? Was it kind of, we, did it keep you up at night or did you just kind of let your agent deal with things? And Or how, how did you approach that whole scenario? Yeah, I wouldn't say it kept me up at night. It was a very exciting time for sure and a time with a lot of uncertainty. Uh, and remember, it's, it's families too. It's not just a player. So, I mean... My wife's a lawyer, and and so she's moving with me, and she's got to go to a state where she can work, and um, so and I mean, families with kids, they got to consider that too. So there's a lot that goes into it. It's a lot of uncertainty, um, but it was a lot of fun. I wanted to go somewhere where we could win, and somewhere we'd be competitive, and uh, I think I ended up in a great place. Mm. And if I remember correctly. The Bengals just came straight out of the gate. It must have been like within an hour or something like that of the legal tampering uh, period where it was announced that you were signing. Um, did that level of, of speed surprise you? Did it kind of, did you have an inkling something might happen quite quickly? Uh, you never know, but we they wanted to get a deal done. We wanted to get a deal done and we got it mm. done, which was great. Yeah. Um, so what was it about the Bengals then that appealed? Obviously, um, you know, you, um, they went on the great run beforehand. They had Joe Burrow. Did that? I guess that all fed into your decision, right? Yeah, and it's a great locker room, um, a, a great city. And, and really, if you can go somewhere with a great locker room where you have a chance to win, I mean, what else do you really need? You know, those are the two most important things. Mm, mm. No, I agree. And it's funny because we had uh, Zach on like in his first year and um, uh, before the season had even started, you know, because they were the Bengals were coming up to London to play that year. So we managed to get an interview with, with Zach to kind of big that up a little bit. Um, and he said, you know, he's trying to create a culture and he kept mentioning the word culture and we just kind of thought, man, that's just like coach speak, right? Culture. Everyone says culture, right? We didn't quite know what he means or meant. And now we do. Again, as fans looking from the outside in, you can you can kind of see how close everyone is, what the bond is. It's off the charts, really. And, and you came from a, a winning team in Tampa, Um so what what was it like? Is it as close and is is it as fun as it seems from to us uh, that's looking from the outside in? Yeah, I think he does a great job of making you uh, not dread coming to work. You know, because like anything, it's a job, and you got to go in there every day. And uh, either you can have a great time while you're there, or you can not have a great time when you're there. And I remember, I think it was we we were zero and two. And Zach told the whole team, you know, I don't want you guys to change anything. I want you to keep doing what you're doing. We know what we're going to do is going to work. We're going we're gonna to get it straightened out. I don't want people moping around here, you know. Mm. And it's people People come to work. People have a great time together. Um, people have common goals and, and treat each other good. And, um, yeah, it makes for a good time. So it just take us inside the locker room. Is it all laughing and joking and – but then kind of when it gets down to business, it's it's business time. You know what I mean? Um, what kind of things make it a fun locker room, would you say? Well, the, I mean, having quality people is the most important thing. I think that's where it all comes from. But, yeah, like you said, it's business, but it's uh, we have fun, but we know when to work. I mean, we'll be 
in a walkthrough all joking around in the huddle. And as soon as Joe walks in, it's dead silent because it's time to work, you know? So it's guys that know how to have fun, but not compromise the work that goes into it as well. Mm. And you mentioned Burrow there. You worked with Brady. There's been comparisons made. I think it's kind of unfair to make comparisons, but there's been some comparisons made. What have you, what have been your impressions of Joe Burrow and what does he <clears throat> I think you kind of intimated there he's got a real presence about him right so um what have you made of Joe Burrow having gone to war with him week in week out and um and working with him so closely yeah I mean he's supremely confident and uh and excellently prepared um mm. and I think that's what it takes to be a leader you have to be prepared and you have to be confident and um and yeah, he does both of those things very well. And you mentioned when he goes into the huddle, it kind of goes quite very quickly. Does he? He does command that kind of respect, I guess. That's what it, that's what his personality is like, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Everybody has a lot of respect for him, not just the players, but everyone throughout the building. And uh, when you prepare the way you do, and uh, and play the way he does. Um, yeah, that's going to come with respect for sure. Mm. And what about uh, working with Frank Pollack? Because he came back to the Bengals and suddenly, I think he was a, he's a bit of a fan favourite, you know. Um, he drops lines like these kind of, you know, I want a bunch of glass eaters and all the rest of it. Were you aware of that? And are you a glass eater? What does that mean to you, I guess? I don't know what that means. You have to ask Frank what that means. Um <laughs> But I think, yeah, I mean, he, he works hard, he prepares hard, and that's what he expects from his guys, too. And uh, we all take a pride, pride in what we do. Um, and uh, whether it's the competition or the ability to prepare, um, you have to do both of them. And, uh, yeah, I think that's key in an offensive line room as well. Mm. And just, just uh, keeping on the offensive line, what can you guys – what are your goals this season? What can you do better? Hopefully, LC's going to be okay to come back from his injury. Uh, Cordell had a fantastic rookie season. Uh, Jonah's steady as ever. Ted Ted has been fantastic since he's been here in the short time. You have too. So you must all be kind of really looking forward to getting back uh, for camp. Um, but what are your goals? I mean, have you spoken about it? What What do you think you can do better uh, for this year? Well, we want to do everything better. That's the kind of question that I'm like, uh, we want to get better <laughs> at everything. And, you know, it's yeah. like people say, oh, you got to pick one thing to get better at. Well, like every play, there's something different that you have to focus on, you know? So mm. it depends on the play and the situation and, and everything. But I think playing cohesively is always important and we can continue to build on that. Um, yeah, we're just trying to keep, keep working and, uh, you're always working on improving no matter what. So, mm. And I think the exciting thing is that you guys will be all back together all being well, right? So you've got that bond, that chemistry already there in the, in the tank, right? That's really important. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, it's something that we can prove on too. The longer you play together, the more, uh, you know, nonverbal and verbal communication can improve and, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very uh, cooperative position. So you got to be able to work together. And the longer we can play together, the better. 
And we kept hearing about people hosting, excuse me, each other for like dinners and things like that. Um, did you do that as well? Uh, did you kind of, what What was a night like around Alex Kappa's for the rest of the offensive line if they existed? Uh, when we had, uh, I took everybody out to one of the Ruby Steakhouses out there. Um, yeah, we always have a good time getting together, man. We, uh, once a week, you know, our online dinners, and it's just a good time for everybody to hang out with a little bit less business in mind, and uh, we all enjoy hanging out, so it's a good time. Yeah, no, you that always comes over, though. You've got a really close bond. Um, just wrap this up, uh, Alex. We know that free agency is brutal, but it can also be really exciting. The Bengals have retained Jermaine, which is great news, but have lost Jesse and Vaughn, which is which is bad news for you know a couple of fan favourites right there. What's your initial reaction to to what's happening? Well, I mean, it's only day two, really, of of all this. Uh, lots of lots of fun and games to follow, but um, yeah, you must be you must be a bit gutted to lose Jesse and Vaughn as people as well as players, right? Because they they were real leaders and characters on this team. Yeah, they are, and, and great guys to have around. Um, I'm happy for them. Anytime somebody can go get some the money, you know, that's what they got to do. It's a job after all. So happy for both of those guys and uh, Jermaine as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's part of the business, and it is what it is. And our guys in the front office know what they're doing. I'm sure they knew that was a possibility. And uh, they've done a great job building this roster. I have no, I have no doubt that will continue to happen, and it's part of the game. So I was going to say, is that your message to Bengals fans who are kind of freaking out slightly at the moment? It's part of the game. Have patience. Trust Duke and the guys. They'll get it sorted. Yeah, of course. We'd love to have everybody back. But, I mean, no one's ignorant to the fact that people can leave. And I'm, I know the people building our roster know that too. And so we have no reason to believe that they won't keep doing what they're doing, you know? Absolutely. Listen, Alex, uh, what a treat to talk to you, man. As I say, I thought you had a tremendous season last year. I really did. And um, and uh, just one of those under-the-radar seasons, really. Offensive line is uh, one of those sort of position groups that don't get the credit when it's due, I think, because, you know, you're in the trenches. You're, you're grinding away there. You're not a quarterback or a wide receiver, all those flashy diva positions, you know. Um, but yeah, you you played tremendous last year, and 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 coming on and, and chatting with us, I really really appreciate. Listen, man, um, I hope you have a great season coming up, a great camp, and um, yeah, good luck to you and your wife on your new arrival, whenever that might be. Uh, and yeah, hopefully we can catch up a bit later on down the line. Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I appreciate the kind words. We're looking forward to another great season, getting back to work, and uh, yeah, excited for it. Well, there we go. That was the lovely Alex Kappa. Sounds like I've introduced him to a few Scottish customs. Perhaps he's going to deep fry everything from now on, Nathan. Um, but yeah, he said it right. You know, uh, I think we should be patient. We should, you know, it's football. Trust in Duke. They've got a plan. They they have, you know, they work really hard all the year, all through the year, the scouting department in order to. Uh, come up with lists of free agents and scout free agents so they've got a plan and it's not it's not but you know it's not the sexy thing is it to wait and be patient it's kind of i want action now 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 i mean i've still got my uh 
breaking news um, theme ready to go. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and I haven't used it yet because there's nothing going on today but the rent. And um, so we are going to have to be patient, aren't we? Um, um, listeners, dear listeners, I asked Nathan to come up with a list of five free agents or some free agents that he'd be quite interested in. I did too. And do you know what? Every every fucker has gone already. <laughs> I, I had Dremont Jones. I had, I really fancied Cameron Danzler. Uh, he was let go by the uh, the Vikings recently. I thought he'd be a great pickup. He's had some starting experience. I was quite quite liked him coming out of college. Um, I mean, is it worth going through this, Nathan? As, as a bunch oh, of your... it would have been. We should have done this last week, somewhere a week late, exactly, haven't we? Exactly, um, a week late. I, I've got to say, like. I, I, you know, this is again like with hindsight now um, of this week versus last. But Austin Eckler, I mean, people have had a couple of chats about him, you know, being available obviously with the Chargers and stuff. I mean, he would be a wet dream. It's not going to happen. It's absolutely not the Bengals' style to go and make a move like that. But, you know, he would be someone that would be very, very exciting if you were going to cut Joe Mixon, save the money, and bring him in, you know, both in the passing game you know, more as well. But yeah. that's a good one. There's definitely the rumour of CJ Gardner-Johnson. I think he would probably be the best case scenario to replace But he Mark would Bell. be the most expensive. So I'm going to go Ooh. with Taylor Rapp and Jordan Love at safety. Either of those two guys would do it for me. Um, let's just let's let's extend the conversation here because um, I asked uh, followers on the Twittles what they wanted to see happen. Um... And of course, you can get us on the Twittles at whodate underscore UK. Uh, we're also on Facebook, Bengals UK, and Instagram, Bengals underscore UK. So go and check us out. John Plymire at Plymire98. I personally don't think there will be any huge signings. I think you might be see a surprise trade of Carmen or Adenergy in a move similar to the Billy Price for BJ Hill trade. I think they'll add some rotational pieces. My dream would be to add Eckler via trade. There you go. Echoing you, Nathan. Uh, Leftways at Leftways. Um, I'd like Hurst and P. Ryan re-signed with someone like Gardner Johnson coming in. Echoing you again. Uh, at Morris Josh also wants Hurst and P. Ryan. Um, uh, the Italian Jungle at Bengals underscore Italia. Buonasera. We need um, solid handle. Yeah, yeah. What, what's uh, what's uh, solid handle in Italian, Nathan? <laughs> um, what a solid handle. No, <laughs> that's a bit, that's a bit Spanish. That is. Uh, anyway, I feel, like, I feel like we need to know what. I'll what, have a word. I'll have a word with him. Yeah, I've got it Manico solido. Manico solido. Now I've gone Spanish again, and I'm half Italian. What's going on? You say it. Manico You're better. Solido. What is it? Manico solido. Manico solido. Hang on, this is what Google says. Really. I'll play it to you now, son. Just go on, go on, go on. Ready. Manico solido. Ah, manico solido. Si. Grazie, Google. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're a culture podcast. We home. are, we are. Uh, we need a safety with experience. Too difficult playing with two rookie safeties. Nathan Sangara at Punjay 93. Safety and tight end, he uh, has to be really um, 
Garner Johnson Thornhill, uh, that's one Juan Thornhill from Kansas City, or Jordan Love would be ideal, and then a veteran prove it deal for a tight end would fit perfectly as long as we draft one two. Andy Kalina at Kalina UK. I think we see a lineman sign today, and maybe Hurst or Pirine or both resign. Jamie at Trekart Beast Day just says need some players. Um, last line of defence at Kieran underscore Barmer. He wants uh, Uliemanor. I think I pronounced that incorrectly, but whatever. At right tackle, he wants Fox as a pass rusher. He wants Garner Johnson as a free safety. And he wants Hernandez a guard. Resign Apple and Piro. I'm not sure where the money's coming from for all that lot, but we'll see. Um, do you know what I'd love, son? You, you asked me what I'd love. And do you know a player I've loved around the league for years? Who? And there's no reason he'd come to us. We don't need him. Adam Thielen. I've always oh, just loved yeah. Adam Thielen. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah, love yeah. him. He's a shorter guy, you know, kind of big playmaker I remember watching him at that Pro Bowl skills thing a few years ago just being wowed by his ability there like yeah. he's always been on my fantasy teams over the year like it makes no sense he'd be the perfect Tyler Boyd replacement yeah. you know if Tyler Boyd was going that kind of you know slot guy but yeah it's not It's not. there's absolutely no chance well he's been released there. hasn't he so I'm yeah I mean, there's no way you know, yeah. uh, CJ at who CJ safety cornerback D-line depth Offensive tackle, tight end, and running back. Obviously not expecting us to go for all of those positions today, and some of those might be re-signing our own guys, P. Ryan Hurst, Apple, but that's my list for free agent. Moz at Moza92. What I can see happening, a one-year deal to an older offensive tackle, a prove-it deal for a tight end, a cornerback for one to two, three, one to two years, and a three-year deal for Rapp or Thornhill, minus... The safety can see every deal being later this week. Next week, um, Matt Curzon wants uh, CJGJ. CJGJ. Uh, at Baguette Disco. Solid end. Hopefully something to let us know about the running back position. Megafarter at Megafarter B. Shocking handle. Mixon, either cut or contract negotiated. Uh, renegotiated then we can have the space to really attack free agents that's a good point you see someone like the there was a list on Twitter today someone had listed all the teams that have restructured their contracts and um, and made extra room and cap and Bengals just do not do that do they I mean do, do you know what do you know what I think I'd say to that point though and and we talk about that you know we spoke a bit earlier about the Bengals being an attractive free agency destination does that not potentially, from an agent's perspective, make you think, well, you know, there's a benefit to the Bengals here because they don't just sack you off at a certain point? Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, I th- no, I agree. I think I think there is. I mean, the Bengals are notoriously loyal, uh, as you say. They're, and again, I've said this before, perhaps in some cases uh, to a fault. Yeah. Um, and that's the point I was trying to make last week. You know, the... I would like to see them be a bit more ruthless, you know. Uh, but who's to say they're not going to cut mixing in the coming days? Do you know what I mean? It's, so it, 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 no, true. No, but it's one of those, isn't it? Where like it's always sexier getting money up front. You know, you're always going to go for the option of like, well, there's more on the table here. Like you're never yeah. going to think, well, actually, maybe three, four years down the line. You know, when I'm maybe not on my best or my contract's a bit high, but I've been loyal to the club. Yeah. Actually, the Panthers or whoever else it might be might just sack me off because their GMs are more aggressive and they just, you know, want to be, you know, go out there and do what they can. Whereas actually, the Bengals might say, "Well, no, this guy's been loyal and he's played quite well. We're going to honour his contract." Like 
even though that might be true, I, I, I don't. Is that an appealing thing? Does an agent talk to his client about don't know. that? I mean, I think I think it's all about money with agents, isn't it? They just want to make well, their clients. Front, it, yeah. They want their. But that's maybe that's a bit unfair. They've got their their welfare and their well being to look at, and they, they do form close relationships with their clients. Do you know what I mean? They want to see the best. It just depends on what the player wants as well. You know, the perfect scenarios is obviously to to both earn a shed load of money but also to stick in one place as like Alex said you know it's all about families as well as yeah true. the individual it's about where they're happy and from what you what you hear everyone you know uh, so many players have stuck around in Cincinnati who loved the city and uh, you know you look what Zach has to say about the city it's amazing anyway Paul Dennis at typewriter 01 um, I would hope for evidence of a plan B to replace players who leave. They knew who they were, they've had plenty of time, and to be honest, they have a recent history of not doing too badly with replacements. Michael McGowan at Med Writer Mike. Um, Solid handle. Alarmed as I am by Bell leaving in addition to Bates, I'm happy to trust our process and wait for the better value free agents. I wouldn't be sad. If we got Thornhill on board for reasonable money, though. Here, here, Mike. Well said. Um, Sagey at Earl of Norks. Solid handle. Hurst would be good. Obviously, a safety now, but there are a lot of them. So get an affordable bargain who the young guns can learn from. And uh, Simon Walker. <laughs> Simon Walker at Grass Bandits. Solid handle. I've not heard that before. First time caller, Simon. Uh, you're welcome again with that handle. Priorities one, experience and safety. Two, depends when and how they expect LC to come back, but I'd love us uh, to see us sign a half-decent tackle and use LC as depth tackle stroke guard if we don't cut him. Three, really like Hurst as a man and player, but we don't need to stretch here. Well, there we go. Let's have a look. Um, yeah, I think we'll end it there. I think a lot of people out there the likes of uh, Mike at Spanx 004 Morgan at Hasher 83 Matt Pierce at Matt Pierce 77 Buy and Sell You at Buy and Sell You Corley Lad at Call It Mark The Booker Man at The Booker Man um, Son of Fed <laughs> Son Solid of handle. Son of Fed Smoker at FedEx Smoker <laughs> Uh, they're all saying safety, right tackle, running back. Uh, in fact, Corley lad, and I'm going to end on this. Do you know what he wants, Nathan? Go on. World peace. But there you go. Great player. Great player, world peace. Um, <laughs> safety. Absolutely. Right, that's your lot for today. As I say, as I say it's a very fast-moving landscape. Slightly disappointed that I've not been able to use my... Um, my breaking news siren. Well, not really a siren, is it, really? Um, <laughs> hold on a minute. You were desperate for it, Sam, weren't you? Stefan Gilmore to the Colts. Mm. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah. Sorry, no. Stefan Gilmore from the Colts to the Cowboys. Alan Lazard to the Jets, which basically means Rogers is going to follow because apparently that was one of his uh, freelance, uh, sorry, free agent requests. Has um, uh, Larry? Opened Do you know what? I'm not like this is completely off topic. I couldn't give a toss about Rogers to the Jets. I think he's a bit dull at this point. I think I, he's I, a bit I, of a twat. If I'm going to be 
perfect. Yeah, I just think, I, I honestly, you, you got to think with Rodgers, he's, he's always, he's been a class player and he, you know, one of the best ever, but I do think he's, I do think he's gone a bit and, and it's going to be an interesting environment for him in New York because it's a feisty yeah, yeah. me. They're, they're expecting yeah. a lot and he's back end of his career. But like, I don't think they're necessarily, I know they've got a decent defence and oh, I don't know. And maybe he wants, I also think with Rodgers, maybe he wants to stick it to the Packers because he was a bit out of favour yeah, for a mean. while. And yeah, 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 he'd yeah. almost love to have a big year and say, look, here we go. But I'm not especially worried about him at this point, you know. But Larry Ogunjobi signs a three-year deal with the Steelers. Um, oh, interesting, interesting. Twenty odd million guaranteed. So even if it's even though it's the Steelers, fair play to. I was looking at him on the when you were talking about free agents you'd want. He'd have been someone potentially you'd have said, oh yeah, like wouldn't be bad because we need a bit of rotation on that line, but. Yeah, we'll have to play against him twice a year. 100%. Anyway, I could go through all. There's lots of different uh, deals going on. Hopefully the Bengals will be making some soon. But until then, uh, a huge thank you to Alex Kappa. We'll be back next week to review what's happened and what's going on, what state the Bengals are in. Again, uh, patience. We all have to have patience, and that's not, uh, not cool or not fun, but we have to really... Um, who knows? In a couple of weeks' time, we'll be able to discuss Joe Borrow's extension because apparently, if you if they wait until after March the thirty first, it there has a knock on effect uh, when the money goes into escrow and all that kind of stuff. So, I would expect Joe Borrow to be uh, announced after March the thirty first, which is obviously a couple of weeks away, just a couple of days after my birthday, actually. But you know, I don't want to drop it in there. But you know, if you did want to send me a present, you'll. Very welcome. Um, right, until then, Nathan's going to put his feet up and, well, you can't have any night nurse now, can you? Because I've been banned over here. Um, uh, yeah, Nathan, I hope you feel better soon, man. And uh, uh, I'm firing on all cylinders, I have to say, after my little brush with uh, COVID. Uh, so I will say fare thee well and a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys. Oh, oh. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.